Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Deep Water Podcast, where we learn to make disciples like Jesus made disciples. So I had this thought that I've been mulling over in my head the last couple of weeks. And this question is, is it's about being all in. Like, you know, the question for me, first off, is, is am I being all in? What, what does it look like in my life to be all in for Jesus, for everything I do to be about him and for him and through him? In him we live, move, and have our being. My very being is wrapped up in Jesus. Like, what's that What's that mean for that? And there's, you know, there's a part of it in me. There's been some times where I have been vocationally a minister or vocationally working for the Lord. And then other times that I've had a, quote-unquote, a, a secular job. And I think there's a lot of maybe misunderstanding among that. Sometimes we think, ah, man, the guy, is, he's the, he's the pastor. He's the vocate, you know, he's on staff. He's a missionary. He's a, um, runs a nonprofit, like all of those. And when we tend to elevate them a little bit, one of my friends talks about, uh, he says, what we actually need to do is, it's not that we need to do away with preachers. What we need to do is to abolish the laity. Like let's do away with everyone who thinks they're just, just a lay member. Like we're all here and we're all here to serve God. But a friend of mine, good friend of mine has been talking with me recently as a wound wrestling some with like, what do we do? What do we do next? We feel like it's kind of coming to this transition point uh, that we believe God's bringing us to, but what do we do next? And there's all these different options. And I, and there's, I've done some definite looking towards vocational ministry type of things. And my friend has pushed back a little bit on me and he's basically saying like, like don't look down or don't, don't think that if you don't do that, that you're not, that that might not be what God wants you for, but like you can be completely for him without being a vocational minister. So anyway, these are just things I'm mulling over. And then uh, last week uh, we did a funeral for a friend of mine that's about my mother's age. And one of the things is I was sitting asking the family just for some stories and memories. One of the things I asked was, you know, what would, what would your mom want to be known for? And, you know, they gave it, gave some answers and they were really great answers. But then that, you know, making me think in my own life, like, okay, what, what do I want to be known for? What's really important for me whenever the Lord takes me home? How do I want to be remembered? Or even while I'm alive, when people think of James, what I want them to think of. And the thing for me, like, I really, I really want, I want to be known for being 100% committed to God. All my essence, all my being, all his you know, but how is it, how do we do that? How do we be 100% committed to God? Because I can't muster up the fervor myself. I always slip and slide and I, you know, I may be 100% in today and then tomorrow I'm tired or I'm just myself gets in the way. You know, how do we do that? There's a part of me that says, you know, when someone is a vocational minister, pastor, missionary, whatever, it's easy for people to say like, oh, that guy, he's... He's 100% committed to the Lord. And that may or may not be true. I wish it was always true. But I think we all have been around enough to know of pastors or staff people or ministers who 
weren't 100% in for the Lord. And in fact, anytime you see one of them fall, have a moral failure, that would be obvious that they weren't 100% in for the Lord. So just being vocational doesn't doesn't make it that way. People tend to maybe put you on that pedestal. But that doesn't mean your life was really committed to the Lord. And while I would like to be known uh, for being 100% committed to the Lord, I don't want to be falsely known that way. Like I really want to be 100% committed to the Lord. And the question is, is if God didn't call you vocationally to be a minister, then what is, you know, what's what's options left for you? Does that mean you can't be 100% committed to the Lord? Well, I say, no, of course not. That's silly. You know, was Paul, the tent maker, less than 100% committed to the Lord? You know, do we look down on him because at a certain point in time he switched and he made tents? Well, no, it's, that's ridiculous. I mean, if anyone was 100% committed to the Lord, you know, about as close as a person could be, you know, I think that I think Paul would fit in that category, right? Number of times beaten, almost killed. You know, he's got a pretty pretty healthy resume. He has this verse that I, I love, and uh, in my pride, I wish I could say it about myself, but in my... Uh, my own self, I'm glad I can't, I suppose. But he says, don't let anyone give me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Christ. He's like, listen, I've been whipped. You can look at my body. This is what my body has endured for Christ. So there's a part of me that, you know, I'd like the brag, if I can confess that. But I, I don't, I'm sure I don't want to get whooped if I could help it. But I'd like to be willing if that's what, if that's what it took. So for me, it's kind of this wrestling thing of, of how do I in my own life commit 100% to the Lord. And the challenge is, and this is true, I'm more entrepreneurially bent. I always think about doing my own thing. But whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for somebody, this challenge always comes like you have all these different pulls on your time. And part of the problems, if you can say it with, with being in a job or an entrepreneur, is it's the time factor. It just, it takes a lot of time to do that, you know, if you're if you're working, you're answering to a boss. If you're an entrepreneur, you're answering to your customers. And part of being a hundred percent committed to the Lord, I think it's in those push and shove moments. You know, when push comes to shove, and I'm either going to focus on my business or I'm going to focus on God. Who gets my time? If it's one of those things where one of the other is going to have to suffer, who do I choose to suffer? Do I do I choose the kingdom of God to suffer? It's like, well, I'll get to that later. Or do I choose my business and I say, well, I may I may lose a little bit of money, but right now it's more important that I'm doing this kingdom work. And I think that's a really fine balance. I don't think we just walk that line ever perfectly. But I think part of being committed is saying, you know, ultimately, no matter what happens, I am on God's side. And if that means I lose business, I lose business. And if that means I lose a job, I lose a job. Of course, I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying, you know, be a horrible employee or, you know, you know, being so, the old cliche says, being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. It's not what I'm talking about at all. In fact, I remember a time as a young man, uh, my father's a rancher. And specifically when we were calving heifers, there's this season of the year in the springtime where first time, first time, uh, heifers, they're going to have their very first calf. They have to be watched about every five hours. And when one is calving, you can't just leave. you got to stick around and make sure they're able to have the baby okay, the baby calf. And usually after that, the second, third year, that you don't worry about them all. 
they're fine. But that first year, you really have to watch them. And so there were some times that uh, the dad couldn't go to church in the morning because he was watching his heifers. Now, I remember asking him about it, and he, he said, you know, he pointed me to a Bible passage where it says, the, as a righteous man cares for the needs of his animals. And so there's a time, you know, that, you know, you have to work hard and there's times that you, you, you know, you're putting a lot of energy into your business, your work, whatever happens, whatever you happen to be doing. And that's okay. But when push comes to shove, you know, when it's, it's God or this, where do you stand? Are you willing to stand with God even if it costs you your business? Are you willing to stand with God even if it costs you your job? And that's not a that's not a rhetorical question. And of course, as you're aware, there's lots of places in the world that that's a very real question. That like, if I proclaim my faith, it it will cost me my job, and maybe much more. So it's not a it's not a rhetorical question. It's a real one, and I think it's something we have to wrestle and set down in our mind and say, okay. This is who I am, and this is what's important. And important comes when push comes to shove. You know that's what's important. What you what you do under the pressure. So how do we help those that we disciple uh, be a hundred percent committed to Christ? Because that's part of what we're looking for to make a disciple is someone that follows the Master and they follow Him all day long, every day. And so there's there's three things that I came up with. One is is we help our disciples learn to be hundred percent committed to God by being 100% committed to God ourselves. This is us saying, hey, this is what it looks like to walk a walk of being 100% committed to God in my circumstances. And that's one of the great things, I think, if you are not vocationally employed and you have a you have a 40-hour-a-week job or 50 or 60 or whatever it is you do, or you have a business and you say, hey, this is what it looks like to walk with Jesus, 100% committed to Jesus, as a rancher, as a oilman, as a accountant, as a beekeeper, as a realtor, as a, you know, fill in the blank, housewife, as a mother, as a father. So it, it's a, a really great thing when we are we are that way. I don't know if you remember, there's a book, uh, a lot of you have probably read it. If you haven't, definitely do. It's called God's Smuggler. It's by Brother Andrew. And the thing that really struck me that, that applies today, he went to this uh, non-accredited seminary, and they were really big on faith. And And one of the things he did, he wound up living with this guy who who had a, a, a pretty big construction business. And we don't know a lot about him. He just mentions a few things, but he said the man would, would give away 90% of his income. He would live on 10%. And then he would provide for people like Brother Andrew and stuff, basically out of faith, uh, relying on God to provide for him. And I just remember when I read it, because I was already entrepreneurially bent, and I was like, man, I wish someone had written that man's story. I wish I, wish I knew how that man lived out his faith, because that, be, that would be really interesting to me. And so if you are, are not vocationally employed, I think it's a great way to to walk out and say, this is what it looks like. These are the challenges I face. This is how I'm wrestling with it. This is how I'm putting Christ first in my life every day, all the time. You know, the second thing is is we can challenge them. You know, when we find out, hey, listen, you're not putting the kingdom of God first in your life, and it's a challenge. And that comes through a relationship. Um, 
that might not be, it might be. I might not hit them with that the very first time I meet them. And the same, I think it goes along with their maturity as well. You know, someone who is a spiritual infant, yeah, they may not be 100% committed to God. Or, you know, I think they're going to grow in that. But as they mature, there's more of that of, hey, listen, what's going on? Like, you should be, but you're not. So there's a challenging portion. And then lastly, and this one may be more important than anything else, is continually pointing them to Jesus and the good news. The more we point to Jesus and the more the people we disciple are connected to Jesus and they realize how amazing and how beautiful and magnificent Jesus is and they realize how amazing the gospel is and they realize how how great a debt God forgave for them. Like all of those things as we think about it we're, we're permeated by the good news of Christ the more that we're committed to and the more we understand who he is and what he did for us the more natural it is. It's kind of like when someone does something, you know, like you meet me and I buy you a lunch. You're like, hey, thanks. You know, you're a little bit committed to me. Uh, but if you met me and I bought you a house, <laughs> paid off your debt, paid off your debt, you know, on your house that was just fixing to get foreclosed on, or, you know, something like that. I paid off your million dollars of medical debt you owed. You know, something like that. You'd be a lot more committed. You'd think that's the greatest thing ever. And what we don't realize so often, or we just we realize it maybe in the back of our head or mentally, but it's not in the forefront of our conscious, is what a great, great, great debt Christ paid for us. And so as we help our disciples connect more with Jesus and connect more with that really good news of the gospel, I think that spurs on commitment. So in thinking about this episode and thinking about what we're trying to communicate, it reminded me of a book uh, that my mother gave me a while back, and she really loved it, and it was called Not a Fan. And the idea of not a fan, which is by Kyle Eidelman, by the way, the idea of not a fan is that that I'm, I'm not a fan, I'm a follower. I'm not the guy sitting up in the stands watching the game. I'm down there following. I'm down there on the scrimmage line where things are getting a little rough. And I, I'm, I'm down there with them. So anyway, that's a book I thought you guys might enjoy. I put a link to it down in the description. And I specifically put a link to the audio book. Now you can buy the whatever version you want. But that's linked to the audiobook. It'll take you to all of those things. Now, I did make it an affiliate link, which means if you do buy it through Amazon or uh, sign up for Audible, um, which is what I would do. If, you, if you're into Audible audiobooks, I would definitely get your get you like a monthly subscription to Audible through Amazon. And for about the price of a book, you can get a couple of books every month. So it's really cool. And if you do that, uh, they do give us a kickback, which would help us and help us... Uh, find some of the stuff for this podcast, and we would appreciate that. And this is something that uh, I was telling Dave the other day that I wanted to do a little bit more of, is introducing some other different uh, resources that were good, and specifically audiobooks, because people that listen to podcasts are already enjoying listening to things. So I hope to throw out some more audiobooks for you guys in the future. And if you got a chance and could click on that link and go to Amazon through that It would be a benefit to us and wouldn't cost you a dime, and we would appreciate it. So what about you? What does it look like for you to be 100% committed to Christ? If you have some thoughts, uh, send us an email or leave us a comment on our website. It's uh, luke5.com. You can get us at podcast at luke5.com. Those emails will come to me. Love to know how you guys are wrestling with this yourselves. Other than that, that's all I got. 
Jill and I would appreciate your prayers for us as we're trying to wrestle through what's next for us. But until next time, no matter what and no matter where God calls us, uh, we want to be continuing to make disciples and hope that you're continuing to make disciples as well. Have fun and we'll see you next week.
disciples as well. Have fun, and we'll see you next week.